0: Because we got the alternative energy right. oh, and we kill our free autonomy and, we
1: and welcome to the radioactive show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network.
0: They are now saying that the situation for global catastrophe is so dire that they are not even talking about minutes. They are counting it down in seconds. And we are at 100 seconds to global annihilation according to the preeminent physicists, scientists in their fields today.
2: Now you masters of war You that build all of the guns You that build the builder that
3: Hello and welcome to the radioactive show. I'm Michaela Stubbs. In 1947 the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists created the doomsday clock in order to clearly illustrate how close humanity was to annihilation. In 2018, we reported that the doomsday clock had returned to two minutes to midnight, as close as it was in the height of the Cold War. But on the 23rd of January 2020, the atomic scientists, responding to a worsening nuclear threat, lack of action on climate change, and the rise of cyber-enabled disinformation campaigns, moved the hand to 100 seconds to midnight, the closest it has ever been. They said, Humanity continues to face two simultaneous existential dangers, nuclear war and climate change, that are compounded by a threat multiplier, cyber enabled information warfare, that undercuts society's ability to respond. The international security situation is dire, not just because these threats exist but because world leaders have allowed the international political infrastructure for managing them to erode. Today on the show, I'll be bringing you some excerpts from speeches that I recorded at the No War with Iran rally at the State Library in Melbourne on the 25th of January. The rally was organised by the Independent and Peaceful Australian Network as part of a global day of action protesting the US assassination of General Soleimani and the growing threat of U.S. declaring war with Iran. First up, we hear from the MC for the day, Kevin Bracken from the Maritime Union of Australia, followed by Shirley Winton, the Victorian convener for the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network, then Margie Beavis from the Medical Association for Prevention of War. After that, we'll hear from Gurpreet Singh, the People of Colour Officer at Melbourne you University Student Union. Figure. We'll also hear from Jacob Greck from Melbourne for WikiLeaks. And finally, Romina Beetson from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament.
4: Well, thank you for being considerate and caring enough to come here today and say we, because you don't want to go to war against a country that's no threat to us. We do, we've already been dragged into this part of the way by this, us sending the uh, HMAS Toowoomba in there and a surveillance airplane into the Persian Gulf. There's no, nothing under international law that allows us to do that. I'm a member of the Maritime Union and we don't have any ships going to the Persian Gulf. We got rid of our last Australian tankers about four years ago. Now it's all flag of convenience ships bringing our oil from overseas. There's no Australian participation in there at all. And there's no reason why the Australians should send their Navy ship over there to the Persian Gulf. It is only kowtowing to the USA, and it's embarrassing to be an Australian and follow them into a war in Afghanistan, a war in Iraq, a war bombing um, Syria. The USA has got away with it because they're not calling them wars. They're calling them they've had the excuse after September eleven, they call it authorised use of military force. And if they think that, you know, the rationale between killing uh, General Soleimani was just a rash act by Donald Trump, think again. There's a map here somewhere with um, 54 US bases that surrounds Iran. This is not a plan that was hatched in the last week or so, but it's been a long-term plan of of the USA to invade what Donald Rumsfeld said. We're going to war against 40 or 50 countries, wars that will not end in our lifetime. So this isn't just some hashtag thing. This is a deliberate plan and at some stage they will start a war with Iran and we're here to say we don't want it, we don't have to have it and we won't be involved in it.
1: Across the world, hundreds of peace, anti-war and anti-imperialist people's organisations are gathering today, holding rallies in cities and towns, demanding no US war on the people of the Middle East. IPAN, the initiator and one of the organisers of today's national rallies in Australia, calls on the Australian government to refuse to bow to the dictates and support by the US and engagement in US imperialist wars in the Middle East. We demand all Australian military forces, and there's 2,000 of them just in Iraq, be brought back home and Australian warship HMAS Toowoomba, banned for the Strait of Hormuz, be returned back. War with Iran has the potential to be far worse than Iraq war. And we know well the devastating death, suffering, destruction that US imperialism unleashed on millions of the Iraqi people. The US and Australian governments tried to sell us the lie that they're defending our safety and national security from Iran's aggression. Well, that's a joke. The truth is the US provocations and preparations for war with Iran is solely for protecting U.S. control over vast reserves of oil from its other big power competitors in the Middle East. And, as in all imperialist wars, millions of people are the collateral damage and dispensable pawns in big power conflicts. The day after the assassination of the Iranian general Soleimani, The shares of Lockheed Martin, the world's largest multinational weapons corporation, skyrocketed. The price of oil went up by more than 3%. Lockheed Martin and other multinational weapons corporations has embedded itself in Australia's universities, including right here in Melbourne, the RMIT and Melbourne University. Their activities developing weapons of mass destruction and spreading the war propaganda are funded by the Australian people's taxes. It's the US that pulled out of nuclear treaty with Iran and imposed even harsher trade sanctions against the people of Iran that are leading to more hardships and the impoverishment of thousands, including critical medications and medical equipment that's denied to the people of Iran. The economic sanctions that the U.S. is imposing on 39 countries is nothing short of terrorism. And that's who the real global terrorists are. Since 1975, every Australian government has been a servile puppet of the U.S. global agendas and policies. Forget about Australia being an equal partner in the alliance with the U.S. Australian government is a tool and a vassal state of the U.S. empire which is used to legitimise its global imperialist policies and wars. We just only need to look at their activities, Australia rubber-stamping just about every US action in the United Nations. US military and intelligence base in Pine Gap near Alice Springs directs and conducts US global wars, drone targets and assassinations, such as the assassination of the Iranian General Soleimani. 2,500 US Marines are permanently based in Darwin and Australia is a launching pad for US wars, coming US wars in Asia Pacific and around the world. And now we have 200 billion defence budget over 10 years supporting US wars and multinational weapons corporations. That $200 billion has nothing to do with sovereign self of Australia. It's only to prop up US imperialist activities around the world. At the same time, no funds or resources are put into dealing with urgent climate crisis. Instead, the fossil fuel multinationals are protected and supported and benefit from a world being in a permanent state of war. That's where the real and only threat to Australia's people and the environment comes from. There's little funding for desperately needed social and community services for the people. And Margie Beavers from the Medical Association for Prevention of War will talk about that.
5: As doctors, when people start talking about war, we think, why? What is the underlying motivation? And why now? Why? Why now? And one has to think about the US background of current impeachment hearings in the Senate, and also that this is a US election year. So when you're thinking about why and why now, just remember those two backgrounds. Iran and the US have had differences for many years, and yet when Barack Obama finally negotiated with enormous difficulty the Iran nuclear deal, he said the US had two choices. It could negotiate with Iran about nuclear weapons, or it could go to war. It was absolutely binary. It was either a nuclear weapons deal or the US will be at war with Iran. And yet, President Trump has withdrawn from this agreement. Just as he has withdrawn from other nuclear weapons agreements, just as he withdrew from the arms trade treaty, and I might add that when he withdrew from the arms trade treaty, he did so at a National Rifleman's Association rally, and the National Rifleman's Association rally gave him $30 million in donations for his political fund. Okay, so Trump has withdrawn from the nuclear deal and, as others have mentioned, imposed severe sanctions. He's increased the US forces in the Middle East and, on top of that, he's now assassinated General Soleimani, along with others, but General Soleimani, the second most important person in Iran. This will lead inevitably to a nuclear arms race in the Middle East and possibly a nuclear arms race globally. Both George Bush and Barack Obama had the ability to assassinate General Soleimani, but both decided it would be very unwise. Both understood that killing the second most powerful person in Iran was very likely to lead to war. It's worth remembering about wars of choice The war in Iraq, a war of choice, killed a million people, most of them Iraqi civilians. The wars in Vietnam killed three million people. One of the reasons the Medical Association for Prevention of War exists is because we regard war as a massive epidemic. Three million Vietnamese people died, a million Iraqi people died. The Australian government and Australia needs a foreign policy that follows Australian interests. We do not need to blindly follow the US into yet another optional war.
6: Uh, on November the 10th, BBC had a headline saying Iran Oil, New Field with 53 Billion Barrels Found. And then, you know, obviously, uh, January the 3rd, you have an airstrike that kills the second-in-command in Iran. And then on January the 6th, I'd just like to list out some figures here. Um, some some uh, weapons manufacturing companies. Raythorn, with a revenue of $27 billion, their shares went up 2% the next day. Northrop, with a revenue of 30 billion, their shares went up 8% the next day. And Lockheed Martin, with a revenue of 53 billion, their shares went up 4% the next day. So, this just makes it pretty clear to me that for the US and their imperialist mates that keep on bombing Middle East countries, is that for bosses and capitalists, killing brown people and damaging the earth for oil is a profitable business. Right? And it's, it's, like, it's like Wu-Tang said, right? Cash rules everything around me. They're doing all this for money. There's no, you know, it's, it's capital. That's, that's the problem here. And, you know, it's, it's quite funny how, like, they're bombing these countries. They're destroying, you know, foreign lands and then vilifying those exact people that now have to flee their homeland and come to places like Australia, places like America, and are vilifying them as, oh, they're coming to steal your jobs. They're going to, you know, they're coming to cause trouble and they're turning the white workers against their fellow workers just because they're from a different land. You know, white workers have more in common with a brown worker whose homeland has been bombed by a white capitalist than they do with that very billionaire who steals their wages and keeps their conditions down, right? It's about time the working class started winning the class war. So it's about time we started standing in solidarity with all oppressed people across the world, started fighting back and, you know, started winning this war because, you know, we have a world to win, we have the people behind us and the people at our strengths. Keep fighting solidarity forever.
3: You're tuned to The Radioactive Show, heard on community radio stations across the country thanks to the Community Radio Network. We just heard then from Kevin Bracken... Shirley Winton, Margie Beavis and Gurpreet Singh speaking at the No War with Iran rally in Melbourne on the 25th of January. It was part of a global day of action protesting US aggressions in Iran. We'll hear now from Melbourne WikiLeaks representative Jacob Grek. On
0: Thursday an organisation known as the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, they have this thing called the Doomsday Clock that they established in 1947, move the hands of the Doomsday Clock closer to midnight than it has ever been before. According to the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists mob, and this is not a mob of bleeding heart lefty politicians, this is a mob of the preeminent physicists in their field, right around the world. It was established by Albert Einstein and friends in 1945 and in, since 1947, they've had this concept of a doomsday clock where they say that if you take the whole of human civilization as being the day, where we are now is a hundred seconds to midnight. They're not even talking about minutes anymore. They are now saying that the situation for global catastrophe is so dire that they are not even talking about minutes. They are counting it down in seconds. And we are at a hundred seconds to global annihilation according to the preeminent physicists, scientists in their fields today. That's not some lefty socialist, anarchist, peace movement mob like us. This organisation was started by the people who built the first nuclear bombs. And that's what they're saying. And their CEO, woman physicist Rachel Bronson said in in her address about this moving the clock forward that we're facing three, three factors leading to annihilation. The first being nuclear war. Because remember when people were calling for no nukes. Remember when people were opposing nuclear developments and nuclear warfare and nuclear infrastructure. And there are thousands of people out in the street. Well, there aren't today, but we are closer than ever before. The Obama administration, in their final term, dedicated $1 trillion. $1 trillion. Now, that's a number you can't even think about. Let me tell you, 1 trillion seconds ago, dinosaurs were working on the earth. That is how big a trillion is. They have allocated $1 trillion to updating all their nuclear arsenal into smaller, more precise warheads. Their argument being that if they're smaller and they're more precise and they're more efficient, they won't have to have as many. But the counter-argument and the real danger is that once they're smaller and once they're more targetable, they also become more usable. And the unthinkable suddenly becomes thinkable. And they can use a small targeted nuclear weapon the way they would it use, for example, the fat, fat man or fat boy or little man, as they did in Japan 70-odd years ago. So we're closer to nuclear annihilation than ever before. And Rachel Bronson said the other concern is global warming, climate change, that the systems that support life on this planet, and we're not just talking about human life here, we're talking about all life, carbon based life, the systems that support carbon based life on this planet are in danger of falling apart, closer than ever before. And we know what the government's doing about climate change. First, we know what they're doing about nukes, first of all. Secondly, we know what they're doing about climate change. Sweet bugger all. Now they've just come out of the stage of denial where they have to pretend to be thinking about it. But they're doing bugger all. The third factor, she said, Rachel Bronson said from the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, and it's compounding the other two is the cyber warfare of information war that is paralyzing society from being able to deal with the other two problems. Now let me put a little thought experiment to you, just for a moment. Imagine a world where we still had the same wars, we still had the same climate catastrophes, We still had the same polluting industries. We still had the same human rights abuses. We still had the same poverty, homelessness, lack of education, racism, sexism. We still had all that. But we had a free and independent press. Could you imagine that world? Because I can't. Because if we had a free and independent press, if we knew the truth, they would not be able to get away with all the other shit that they're doing. Which is why the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists said that the third factor is the disinformation war, which is paralyzing society from dealing with the other problems. And that's what I want to point out to you for a start today. I'm here in the State Library, and I'll just get a little bit of history here. This State Library was built in the 1850, I think, early 1850s. When it was first opened, it was only open during working hours which meant working people couldn't use it. And the first huge protests in Melbourne, ironically or strangely rather, were about state library opening hours because people wanted access to information under their own terms. So there were thousands of people on the street meeting here to demand this place stays open in the evenings on weekends. This prick behind me, Redmond Barry, opposed it. And I'm glad to see that the pigeons have been taking their revenge ever since. But my point is that the people want access to information. And after a sustained campaign, they opened it two evenings a week and on Saturdays. And regardless of what this turkey said, the judge who hung Ned Kelly by the way, regardless of what he said, they let the people in. He then moved. To have a separate area for working class people and wanted to vet the books they were able to read. Now, it sounds strange now, but that is exactly what is happening now. And that's why I want to say to you today, WikiLeaks is the state library of the 21st century. What it's doing is providing the information to people. Now we're talking about the war in Iran. It's on a knife edge. It's been on the knife edge for a while and it's getting closer and closer. The knife edge is getting thinner and thinner. As if a war on Iran means an attack on Iran. It doesn't. There is a war on Iran right now. There is a war on the Middle East. Someone asked me just last week whether I thought there was going to be another world war soon. I said, what do you mean whether? There is a world war. Do you mean one where white people are coming back in body bags, because that's the only bloody difference? People all over the third world, climate refugees, people across the Middle East being forced to flee their villages, not just because of climate, because of American and Australian bombardment, and I've got to say here, it's not just American bombardment, it's not just the US. The US cannot do a single thing it does in the Middle East. Not One single thing it does in the Middle East without its communications, command control stations here in Australia, which operate according to the Australian Government with the full knowledge, concurrence and approval of the Australian Government. So everything we say, the US does over there, we are responsible. We are the people authorising our Government to support the United States, assist facilitate, act in consort with the United States in every atrocity it is doing in South Asia and West Asia and the Middle East. So I want to point that out. And we know that, not because that government tell us, not because Rupert Murdoch tells us, but because people over the years from Daniel Ellsberg, Edward Snowden, Chelsea Manning, and yes, Julian Assange, have provided the information which tells us exactly what they're doing. Word by word, chapter and verse, the emails between the diplomats who are running this country. And that's why the total war on information, the disinformation war, is one we need to address alongside climate change, alongside nuclear war and all war. Because let's face it, All war is nuclear war. All war is nuclear war. If you've got an arsenal of nuclear weapons, you don't have to use them. If I've got a gun and I'm pointing it at you, I don't need to shoot it in order to use it. It's the threat. Whatever we do, if it doesn't work, we've got the bomb. And that is the nuclear war, the world war, that is happening right through West Asia, right through Central, Central Asia, the Middle East, parts of Africa, on Indigenous people here, all over the world, to people of colour. It is the same thing that's happening to the people in Guatemala, to the people in Honduras, to the people in Mexico, to the people in Costa Rica, Haiti, Puerto Rico, you name it. Everywhere where people are trying to move and having Western imperialism, pointing a gun at their heads and saying, you don't like this? Well, if you don't like it, it doesn't matter because we got the bomb. That is nuclear war. And the disinformation war is that the war is not happening yet. The media all over the world are saying, what about when the war starts? The war is here now. And it's not just being waged over there, it's being waged here. We've got a situation where Australia is burning. The town, where my land is, where I live, where my people are, Kabargo was burnt to a crisp on New Year's Day. Australia is burning, yet our firefighters aren't getting paid. They haven't got communication systems. They can't find where the fire front is. We can target a cell phone in a supposed terrorist pocket on the other side of the world, but we don't know where a fire front is. We can talk in real time to a soldier with video on the other side of the world, yet our country fire authority does not have the communication equipment to talk to each other across two sides of the same fire front. This is the war. Because meanwhile the Australian Government, and the audit office pointed it out two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, are spending untold billions. started off as 35, went to 40, went to 50, it's up to 120 in the space of one year since the submarine contracts were built. All these billions of dollars, $120 billion to build submarines that they planned on still being able to be used in 2080, 60 years from now. Can you imagine the ridiculousness? Can you imagine the ridiculousness? That is the war that's being waged on you. That's why, and it's not just the submarines, the F-35s, it's all the rest of them. That's why you haven't got adequate health care. That's why Centrelink is at an all-time low. That's why hospitals are understaffed and underfunded. That's why the system is falling apart. And it is all part of the same war. And that war is war on people by capital. And that is why, people, we need to address the information. We need to understand what's going on. And one of the ways you can do that, not the only way, but one of the ways you can do that is go to wikileaks.org, type in any word you want to investigate, see what the diplomats, what the people in charge are really saying about it. Because WikiLeaks, Julian, I'm speaking on behalf of Julian too here, he's part of the peace movement. He was here when we had the big peace rallies in Melbourne. He was one of us. We all marched, most of us. So did he. It's part of the peace movement to show the truth about the way the warmongers are pillaging not just Iran, not just Iraq, but Australia, and bringing the war at home. And our comrades said it's time for us to take up and say we're not going to take this shit anymore and we're going to start fighting back.
7: Yesterday in Iraq, there were demonstrations and there were thousands turned up and, uh, and demanded that the U.S. to leave Iraq and take their troops out of Iraq for, for good, hopefully. And today we are here. To do the same, and we ask U.S. to leave Iraq, but also Australian government to call on their troops to bring them back home, and instead of spending the money on wars, to spend them and concentrate on putting the fires off, and spend the money for social services here in Australia. I'd like to just. Uh, mention the reason why I'm speaking. I would have spoken anyway, and thank you for the invitation, but also I'd like to share an experience that I had being in Iran during the war, the war that the United States imposed on Iraq and Iran in 1988. And it went for six years. And having the experience of that devastation of war And the impact it has on its people and people living under those conditions, under the war, being displaced in their own country, it's devastating. And we don't want that to happen. The power of people will win and we will end all wars.
3: And that brings us to the end of today's Radioactive Show. We just heard there from Romina Beetson and Jacob Greck. If you want to hear more from Jacob, you can check out the podcasts of his weekly radio program at 3cr.org.au forward slash Friday Rave. And Romina presents a weekly program called Alternative News that brings you updates from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament. And you can listen to their podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash Alternative News. Since that day of action, the US has stepped back from the knife edge somewhat. But as Jacob and others point out, the extreme sanctions being imposed on Iran by the U.S. effectively mean that they are at war. And the Federation of American Scientists have revealed that the U.S. Navy had deployed for the first time a submarine armed with a low-yield Trident nuclear warhead. The USS Tennessee was deployed from Kings Bay Submarine Base in Georgia in late 2019. And we hope to look more into that in future shows. Thanks to all the speakers that we heard from on today's show. Kevin Bracken, Shirley Winton, Romina Beetson, Margie Beavis, Gopritzing and Jacob Greck. The music is Masters of War by Odetta. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Radioactive Show. We very much appreciate you sharing today's show and you can find the podcasts of today's show and previous shows at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. You can contact the team on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced in the studios of 3CR in Fitzroy, Victoria on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri of the Kulin Nation. And we pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks so much to the ACE Anti-Nuclear Collective at Friends of the Earth for the support for this program. And thanks to the Community Radio Network for getting the show out to stations all across Australia. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you join us again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.
2: You fasten the triggers For the others to fire And sit back and watch When the death count gets higher You hide in your mansion As the young people's blood flows out of their bodies and buried in the mud, well, that's the worst fear that can never be heard. Here to bring children into the world threatening my baby. out of turn You might say that I'm young You might say I'm unlearned But there's one thing I know Though I'm younger Even Jesus would never forgive what you do. Let me ask you one question Is your money that good? Will it buy you forgiveness? Do you think that it could? I think you will find When your death takes its toll All the money you made Will never buy back your That's the worst fear that can never be heard.
3: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.